Well, welcome back, everybody. It's good to see that everyone's back. So, I'm struggling for a way to start every episode and a way to end every episode. For some reason, I have a very hard time ending topics, and this follows me into really every single aspect of life. I can't finish a story properly, and it's hard to get people's interests piqued on the start of a topic. So, that's something I will be working on hopefully, and find something that I can be consistent with there as far as how to end an episode and how to start one. I'm thinking I'm going to take advice from Chris Williamson from the, uh, what was his podcast called? Shoot, it's very popular. It's I'm surprising it's blanking on me. It's uh, the Modern Wisdom Podcast. Every single episode, he always says, welcome back, friends, every single time. And then uh, MKBHD on his YouTube channel will always end his episodes by saying peace. And and it's it's something that's just unique to them. Not necessarily unique, but it's the way that they choose to do things and it is very consistent and they do a good job of it. So that's something that I will try to do as well. But until I find my own, I will just continue on by saying welcome back, friends. So, moving on. I wanted to give uh, Pitar his credit for his very first donation, and it's it's crazy. It still is crazy to me that I got a, a donation of any sort because I think I said this in my last in my last podcast. I don't have, or I didn't have. Yes, I never had anyone speak to me on the topics that I would put up, and most of my topics were just um, Bible studies. But even then. I set up an email, I set up a website, I set up everything I possibly could to make this work out well to where someone that may have had a grouse with me would be able to speak about it. Let me know what the issue was and I would give them plenty of time a day, even invite them onto a, a co-recording so they could tell me how wrong I was and why. But I never had anything. And now, thanks to Podcasting 2.0, not only do I get interaction, but I get paid for it. It's wonderful. Like, obviously, it's nothing to write home about currently because it's my very first donation and it was, I mean, converted with current Bitcoin prices, it was like 39 cents. But that's not the point. The point is someone valued their, someone valued the show well enough to value their own message to the show enough to give me money and spend money on a message, which is just unbelievable, in my opinion. So, moving on. I got a hold of Pitar and I sent him a message with a link, a quick link that I use. I use Fountain for podcasting. I, I enjoy the app. I'm now using it to manage my uh, podcasting 2.0 uh, wallet. And I'll explain more about that later uh, because that's actually something I need to let everyone know about. Uh, also, I'm recording this extremely late. It's uh, 12 o'clock. I took a nap today, so now I'm awake with... A decent amount of energy and the kids are asleep so I can actually record this without having to worry about background noise. But I sent him a clip from this Fountain podcast app that I made of my segment on how to handle your first boostergram. And he, he sends me a message back saying that came out way more douchey than I intended. And my response is that, hey, I, I was just channeling Adam, Adam Curry, his retard voice. So... Um, well, douche voice for all the guests that he, he has on, for all the, hmm, 
Everyone who sends him a message that sounds douchey, he uses a voice, which is much more professional, but something similar, which I need to work on which voice I use for which attitude. But either way, there's the interaction that I had, and I I chose to do this on the offline, uh, or sorry, excuse me, on a different social media platform to where we wouldn't be sending dollars back and forth because I don't intend to be taking money from people just to have a conversation. Either way, I did want to give him extra credit for that, and it's just beautiful that, once again, without sounding like a fangirl to Pitar and without sounding like I'm just, I don't know, belaboring the point, I am thankful for what he did, and I am thankful for Podcasting 2.0 as a whole. I hope Adam and Dave do well to continue on with this, because they deserve everything that is nothing but positivity and just blessings. That's what they deserve moving forward because of what they're doing for the podcasting community. Now, I switched podcasting hosts. I used, I used before Red Circle. Red Circle was my podcasting host of choice and it was just fine. It was free. Um, They, it didn't have a mobile app, but most of them don't. Anchor is one of the only ones that has a mobile app, and Anchor is not necessarily a proper host um, for a, a decent number of reasons. But number one is that they don't provide actual RSS feeds anymore. It's all contained within the app, and then you, you I think you may get one if you try and export your podcast, but even then, it's, it's, it's fidgety. It's strange. You don't actually own your podcast, which that's fine. And then even with some of these other providers, you don't actually own necessarily your podcast, and that's where Sovereign Feeds comes in, but that's very technical. That's something that I don't understand fully because I'm not in the podcasting 2.0 movement to that degree, so I decided to go with a podcasting hosting company that is easy to use, uh, well-known, and has the easiest three-letter three-letter URL name, which is just rss.com. Beautiful. Beautiful service. Runs very well. They're using pretty much all, well, a very large portion of the podcasting 2.0 features that are coming out, being transcripts, live chapters, funding, all sorts of just beautiful features that I needed to, to do what I'd like to do with this podcast, which is record books and record my topics, but also have the hyperlinks in the content, in in the mp3 enclosure, so that the show notes aren't necessary anymore. Now, if I have a link that I'd like someone to follow, to either download a book, or to um, talk about some topic that that I brought up, I can just hyperlink that into the uh, chapter art that rolls through. So now every single mp3 file is its own show notes, which is just beautiful. This is something that I don't even think was mentioned on the Podcasting 2.0 podcast as an option for a way to structure your show. But that's what can be done and what will be done moving forward. I need to go back and adjust some other ones. But now that I moved over to a new host, now it can it can actually be done. And speaking of recording books, the next book that will be recorded, and I'm in the process of recording it now, I think I'm on chapter three, but it's a long book. It's 500 pages with relatively small font on my Kindle, so it's it's relatively thick in size. So it's going to take me a, a, a little while because I re, I'm reading at this about the same level as an in, 
an intermediate at typing, so roughly 70 words a minute, maybe less. I'm reading at that speed, so that way if someone wants to speed it up on the podcast, they can. It helps me with my reading flow and, and all sorts of things, but that's that's the way it's working now with the recording session. As far as the book, the book is written by an uh, a preacher who is also an author from, where was it, Festus, Missouri. And I've been... I've been listening to this guy's podcast, which is just a, it's not necessarily a podcast. You don't, you wouldn't call it necessarily a podcast. It's just a a feed of sermons. He's on YouTube, he's on Sermon Audio, and he has an RSS feed through Sermon Audio, which is a podcasting host, a podcast hosting company, just not a podcasting 2.0 hosting company, which isn't a big deal. It fulfills his purpose great, very well. Someone needs to get on Maybe I should contact Sermon Audio and ask them to start incorporating podcasting 2.0 features. I think I'll do that. Mental note to myself. I'll just reach out to someone and see what happens. But the book is written by Michael Hoggard, and it is called By Divine Order. I've listened to Mike Hoggard for probably the last seven years, just off and on, on one of those years where it was just uh, spotty here and there. But for a majority of those seven years, I haven't missed a single, excuse me, I haven't missed a single upload of his, not one. So he'd been mentioning that he'd written a few books, so King James Code and By Divine Order, and then a few other books that he's co-authored, and By Divine Order is essentially just an updated version of the King James Code, so I'm reading that one and leaving the King James Code be for now, unless that is something that would be Uh, requested or something that I just would do in the future. Now, the reason why I'm recording his specifically is because it falls perfectly in line with what I said I was going to do. Record audiobooks that would not be recorded and hosted on any other platform just because of its content and because of its reach. And that's what this is. I don't believe that he has a massive enough following that would demand Audible to record a version of his book and then... It, it, just, it, it doesn't fit. His book doesn't fit that. His whole method of being doesn't fit the audible route or really any popular audiobook host. So that's where I come in and hopefully other people will follow in my footsteps and do the same thing with much better sounding voices than my own. So much better schedules. That's That's another thing that's holding me back from doing a lot of my own podcasts as they are. And then to record audiobooks, there's another thing. I'm a young father, I'm 25 with two sons and a wife, a uh, single income home in the state of Washington, making a little bit above minimum wage, I'm uh, whatever, making $24 an hour. So it's not terrible. It's a good it's a good wage. It's just now that there's I'm only $10 over the minimum wage and rent has just skyrocketed recently. So it takes more work, which takes more energy, which decreases the amount of energy I can spend at home with the kids and then I waste all that and I don't have time to come here and record so it will be more of an inconsistent upload schedule for a while and most people will be fine with that if you actually listen because you would only really be listening for a book upload which this one will be that it will be a full 
however many hours it takes to record and upload this into one episode, I will do it that way instead of sectioning it off like I did with the pie white paper, where basically every single subheading was a new episode, which was good and fine, but it's just, it's different. I'd rather do it this way. So, moving on. That will be recorded next. It will be the book By Divine Order by Michael Hoggard, and that will be my next book. Hopefully you you enjoy it. Please listen on a modern podcasting app. I use Fountain. I said that already. Go to the link in the show notes that are still in the show notes. I will do my best to make the chapters work well for this episode and have it to where you can just tap the chapter art and it will hyperlink you over to newpodcastapps.com. Try one out. Whatever you choose, they all work. Um, I believe there's a few more for Android right now, but Fountain has an iPhone and Android app. Uh, Castomatic is a a very good one, very good if you like the standard podcasting app on that comes with your iPhone. Castomatic is the closest to that, just a clean Apple-esque design and user experience, user interface, but podcasting 2.0 compliant. The reason why I use Fountain is because it is a it is a wallet as well, um, and I'll get into that in just a moment. But it is also a very good clipping podcast. Now I like to make clips and, and usually I would make I would just start screen recording while something was playing and then uh, convert that to audio with one of my series shortcuts that I made to uh, encode the audio which would just convert the video into audio and then use that in the podcast as clips. But that's my specific use case and that's the reason why I started Fountain and why I continue to use it is clippable. You can make clips out of it. If you wanted to follow me on Fountain, my name is at Clude. So C-L-E-W-D. My name is Claude, and someone called me Clude at one point just to make it sound funny. And I thought, well, that sounds interesting. How can I spell that? And it just so happens that it sounds like I'm being lewd because of the name, because it's literally spelled like that, but it's fine. Anyway. Fountain has a wallet feature. So when I say that I got my first boostergram, someone sent me uh, fractional amounts of Bitcoin, which are Satoshis, and that needs to be stored somewhere. On the last host that I used, well, host, which was, yes, was, which, which was Red Circle, they didn't have the value tag incorporated into the host, so or at least a, a wallet for the service, which was Red Circle. So you have to go out and find a service that will take the Bitcoin for you to accept it, or you can you can set up a raspy blitz and, and just put in a Bitcoin node into your uh, XML feed through podcasterwallet.com, but then that gets to be a little bit more technical. I want to have the least technical thing possible. I, I'm a technical person. I do like that, but at some point, um, I do want to be able to show people the easiest way, and I believe I found it through Fountain currently. Uh, someone could do it better in the future, but currently Fountain is the best. Uh, Satoshi Stream was the one that I used before, which is also very simple because you can use Telegram. If you have Telegram on your phone, it's just a Telegram bot and it allows you to receive value without even having a Podcasting 2.0 compliant host. So you can already take advantage of one of the Podcasting 2.0 tags, even if your podcast is still 1.0 compliant and not 2, meaning it doesn't support uh, live chapters or uh, location or transcripts or anything of the sort. Uh, the people tag 
And and these are all tags that you would figure out by following the new uh, or the podcasting 2.0 podcast. Every single board meeting, every single feature that is being implemented has been uh, spoken in roughly two-hour segments over 80 episodes, I believe. So you have time and you have uh, the ability to look into what is available to you. Either way, I was using Satoshi's stream to receive Bitcoin payments. And that was actually very, very good for breaking down in as much information as they possibly could when and how you got your boosts. So, I mean, as far as I can tell, I don't know the differences with Fountain because I just switched over and I haven't received a uh, another boost yet. But it had a very good breakdown. And I have, I believe I have a screenshot. I'll send, I'll put that in the uh, chapter art right now. So if you looked at the screen, you'd be able to see the um, breakdown of what was sent in and the timestamps and just the way that they chose to break it down. And it's very detailed. It's a three-page spreadsheet and as many pages as as it needs to be for how many donations you got for how many different episodes. It's great. Very detailed. But it still requires a secondary app. It's not built into the same app. So it's just one more... What's the word? It's not... It's just one more step. Like, the reason why Amazon got a massive boost in sales... Uh, I can't remember when this was. It was in one of these previous years when they instituted the one-click buy button. That was what just shot them over the moon with profitability because they took one less step. Everything's on file. And if you're serious about buying this specific thing, you click once. You don't have to go through another step with confirmation. It's just that that, that is your confirmation, that one-click buy. It's the same phenomenon with having separate services to do the same task or one singular task and that's why shortcut series shortcuts is so great it automates multiple things at once instead of clicking through 15 times to convert something into audio or get a secondary app you can do it all through one app and that's why i love series shortcuts and why it's so hard for me to switch over to android and stay there because there's just certain workflows that i have and it's not just trans uh, uh converting video to audio there's quite a few other shortcuts that that I have that I've created that are just wonderful to use and speaking of which I'm putting together a website um, and I believe you'll be able to find it in the show notes which will also be on the screen right now I just need to purchase a domain name for it which would just be um, probably the Claudcast's shortcuts something of of the nature and it would be just every series shortcut. So if you use an iPhone, every series shortcut that I mention and everything that I use and everything that is available and that it will be value for value as well. I create them. And if you enjoy them and you find value in them, go ahead. And sometimes I just find them and then just repurpose them uh, like a uh, YouTube video downloader. It is a very good one that I found on the shortcut gallery website, which is also a good resource and just repurposed it a bit for my own specific needs. But if you find value in it, there is a donating button right there. It goes through Strike App right now because currently I will only accept uh, Bitcoin or cryptocurrency donations just because I, I don't, um, I don't for one, I don't know how to set up a PayPal account the right way. Um, surprising, I should know how to do that. I just said I was a technical person. Certain things I just won't put enough focus into to actually figure out. So technical or not, that's just something that I don't really 
try to do. But also, I want to be a maximalist in this regard. As far as this one area of life, um, I'd like to be a maximalist here. Just go for it, fully 2.0 compliant. Only accept Bitcoin. And yeah, yeah, it might screw me over if someone says, hey, I don't know how, but I think you deserve $200 here, which is <laughs> asking for a lot. But it's still, you know, I, ju- I just want to be a maximalist here. And I think it, it lends well to where I'm at currently with the show. I don't expect anyone to decide to send $200 or anything above the double digits currently. I value my work to a certain degree, sure, but I don't expect other people to value it in the same exact way. Uh, That's what value for value means. But it does lend itself well to micropayments in its current iteration. Like I said, I still have to find proper segments to put together. Um, I still have to make this valuable enough for someone, in, in my own opinion. I value my time, but in the work, it can still be polished. So I'm fine with only accepting Bitcoin for now on any of my endeavors. But that is the ramble on all of this um, as far as switching my hosts and and why it's been taking so long to get things to work properly. It's, it's not that it's the host's fault. There's a lot of things that I didn't figure out. Like here's another, here's another problem. When I switched to, to Satoshi Stream, when I signed up for my Red Circle account, and when I signed up for uh, my Satoshi Stream account, I believe I used a uh, email provider called C Templar, which is a armored email. It's like Proton Mail, but a little bit more polished in the design front. But I believe they spent too much time on that versus anything else that would be uh, conducive to the longevity of the service. Well, out of nowhere, on May twenty sixth. I couldn't, I, I couldn't get access to my account. No, I would get a, uh, I think a 407 error or something like this on my uh, app when I would try to load it. When I tried to log in on the internet, there was no login button. Everything was gone. So I look at their blog and out of nowhere, some post shows up that says, uh, migrate your stuff before May 26th because it, it will be taken down. And I had never seen that post before. So maybe it was there earlier and I just hadn't looked for it. Maybe it had a week notice. Maybe it was even three months notice that I just hadn't noticed. Either way, I lost all access to my C Templar account. And that's a problem because I'd signed up with quite a few services using that email, thinking that it would be a uh, good replacement for my Gmail. Because I don't want to put everything on Gmail. I, I just, I'm turning into one of those people. Well... You can see how there would be a problem where if I'm trying to move my podcast from one host to another and having a C Templar email, which I cannot access, be the one that all verification has to go through as to, for the fact being that that is the email that is associated with the ownership of the feed. So to receive any verification email to prove that I am the owner was just a headache, just a complete headache. So luckily rss.com had other ways of verifying and luckily they took me across and luckily they have a feature a very easy to use feature that allows you to switch the email that is associated with ownership of the podcast so that went through easily once i got through to their support system i also emailed the and the reason why i knew about this is because i tried to claim my podcast feed through fountain which you can do to use the wallet feature to uh, get a breakdown and read out of what boost came through and just have a, a detailed page, you have to submit your RSS feed and then submit your email. 
to say, I want to claim this podcast. And every time I tried to claim it with my new email, it wouldn't work. So I had to change that in the XML. It was, it was a headache until I found out the easy way to do it just by contacting the people. But it took a while. And that's, that's the whole point of this rant is that it took a while. But it is fully moved over. I am fully migrated to rss.com. And it is a, a wonderful service so far. They have a, their own chapter editor. I was going to go through and use Hypercatcher, which isn't, it's still kind of an option. I think I may still want to do that unless the last time I tried to use Hypercatcher, you had to use, I'm not sure why, unless it's just a way that I couldn't figure out, you had to use a, an image if you wanted to use it for a chapter art. You had to use an image that was already hosted somewhere on the internet and had a URL. And that just didn't seem like it would work well for me because there's certain images that I take screenshots of and I don't know how to host those necessarily to have a consistent URL that would be used in perpetuity for podcasting 2.0. So if I could just upload the image, have rss.com host the image, give it its own URL and use that for chapter art, that's a better option. So just beautiful. I'm enjoying rss.com so far. And I don't think that I'm going to switch hosts. If I did, it might be back to Buzzsprout because I tried them with my last podcast for a while. And they were at the forefront of the podcasting 2.0 movement in the beginning. And then other companies started joining. And I think RSS.com started just at the same time. Either way. Um, there's that. That's that's that th- those segments. Here's another one that I'm going to institute. And this, this, I feel already, is going to be a very long podcast. I, I don't have my laptop in the area where I can see it um, because it just makes some noise and I'm keeping it away from the mic. But um, here's another segment that I'm deciding to institute. It is my uh, diet that I'm deciding to attempt to use. Drinking a coffee at 12 o'clock just to stay awake. Man, dries you out though. Anyway, I I decided to try the carnivore diet, but not not really, kind of, but not really. I'm giving myself a modified carnivore diet, and when I say modified carnivore diet, I'm saying that I'm allowing myself to treat this a little bit more as a uh, keto diet than a carnivore diet. And the reason why I say it that way is because there's a lot of similarities. Meats, fats, and cheeses is what keto is great for, but the carnivore diet doesn't necessarily allow for it if you're going strict because it's supposed to be all meat. Nothing but a meat item. And poultry counts, meaning eggs count, but nothing else. Just meat and seasonings if you wanted to. But it'd have to not have any sugars. It'd have to basically be a dry rub. But that's... Currently, I can't make that work. One, because my time management sucks. And I can't really make my food ahead of time uh, every single night because time management. Because I've already talked about my energy issues. But there's there's a lot of other reasons. Either way, um, I I'm having trouble making it work with a truly carnivore diet. So I'm merging it into a bit of a keto diet where I'm allowing myself to have certain cheeses. But as far as vegetables, which keto is also um, pretty good at limiting because 
a lot of vegetables have a high uh, carb content, and I'm trying to stay away from carbs as a whole because sugar itself is a carbohydrate. So I'm trying to stay away from carbs as a whole, um, none, and um, mostly meat of any sort, whether it be sausage, whether, and I'm talking fatty sausage, whether it be sausage, whether it be lean sausage, uh, eggs, turkey, bacon, whatever. Fat content high, that's fine with me. I don't mind it. I'd actually enjoy it because I'd rather not eat only lean meat. I've actually, what was it? There was a Joe Rogan episode where I think it was Joe who said it or it was uh, Jordan Peterson talking about the carnivore diet where uh, Alaskan, not tribal people, I think I think tribes in Alaska, they would uh, hunt rabbit meat and eat rabbit and find themselves dying off very quickly because there's no fat virtually no fat on a diet they're so lean in the meat that you would only get lean protein and no fats and people would be dying off from uh deficiencies in nutrients so either way i'm trying to commit to this diet and what i'm trying to do is to log i mean as detailed as possible put together a diary of exactly the grams of of meat that I'm eating, the type of meat, the hour and minute that I ate that specific meat, uh, followed by not just a weight that is um, either dropping or continuing up because of muscle growth, if that's an actual uh, byproduct of this, which I don't know if it is because I'm not necessarily working out other than at, at work. But weight isn't isn't uh, my biggest concern here. I'm not fat by any means, at least not necessarily. Not by anyone's uh, visual definition. Um, I'm currently, last time I weighed myself in the morning after taking care of business, um, I am currently 176 and I am 5'11". So it's not a terrible weight to be at. It's actually pretty healthy on a BMI scale, the body mass index scale. It's, it's pretty healthy. It's not, it's not terrible. But... I want to see that the whole reason of trying this is to see what benefits I can get out of the carnivore diet. Because it, it's the, the benefits aren't simply, what would you call it? They're not simply weight loss related. There's, and I, I use him as an example because he's the easiest example to give, and then Joe Rogan is an example, and then I'll give myself as an example next. But in the conversation that Joe Rogan had with Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson's over there talking about his genetic depression being cured, his gum disease being essentially cured, not not um, not reversed, but cured, uh, his daughter's arthritis, cured, uh, losing seven pounds for seven months, seven pounds every month for seven months, and then Joe Rogan talking about the, the feeling of clarity, mental clarity, the feeling of uh, energy, eating smaller portions, but, but still being uh, full throughout the day. These benefits are what I desire. Being able to, to sleep, this is another thing that Jordan Peterson talked about, having the kind of sleep that he had as a teenager. And I've experienced that already, only being seven days into the diet. Um, it, it was, it's wonderful. This is something that, and for anyone who's listening to this podcast that uh, may be of the um, Christian persuasion, take what I say next with um, a little bit of grace. But I used marijuana to medicate so that way I could sleep easier. 
and it was effective to a point, but it still wasn't. It's not that I had the most trouble sleeping. My brother-in-law has it way worse. He would, he he's essentially an insomniac, and he medicates with marijuana, and it's just it's the best thing since sliced bread for him. But for me, it doesn't really work in the exact same way, and this is why it's um it's just something I tried. I'm trying things to see if it works. Um, but either way, the sleep that I got from being on this diet, it's, I'm going to describe this for you. It was being, I was being pulled into sleep. I was being not just pulled. It was like a tug of war between my body telling me that it's time to sleep and my will trying to keep me awake. I was in the middle of, this is where I noticed it. I was in the middle of a conversation with my wife right before bedtime for the boys, which was roughly 8.30 to 9, and right now the sun is still out roughly around that time, so it's hard to put them to sleep on time. It's hard for me to fall asleep on time, circadian rhythm and all that. But I was having a conversation with my wife, uh, and I was laying down, and she was standing up, and she was communicating with me, and I was there focused, but I felt myself just being pulled. Instantly, I, I told her, I was like, hey, you, you have to notice, I, I look tired, don't I? He's like, yeah, you do. And I said, I feel myself being just pulled into sleep. I don't think I'll be able to keep this conversation going. And even with those few sentences, at that time, I could already feel myself not being able to complete sentences. That's how far my, my cognition had drained because of how, being, how strongly I was being pulled into the sleep. And I felt that same feeling of being pulled into my sleep for the next three or four days. And I say three or four because I hadn't been keeping a good journal at that point. And I decided just recently that it's, it's, it would behoove me and anyone interested in this to have a very good uh, log of this. So I need to find a better way to structure my log. Right now I'm using my fitness pal. But back to the, back to the point, I slept so well. And I woke up at five. Not five, it was actually 4.50. Woke up at 4.50, fully rested. Fully rested, meaning I was able to wake up without, without not, not without the assistance of an alarm clock because I use sleep, I think it's sleep timer is the app that I use because it slowly brings you into your, your wake up by slowly increasing the volume over a half an hour period and then keeping that volume level um, at the highest point with soothing sounds for as long as it takes for you to wake up, which is a very good feature for an alarm clock. But either way, woke up, no problems. I was able to wake up, make my breakfast, which was just five eggs, uh, sausage link, and um, I threw in some cream cheese. And this is why I say it's not officially carnivore. I just, I'm finding it hard to go exclusively meat currently. But either way, made that, had time to read a book, on my Kindle, had time to get all my things ready for work because I didn't do it the day before, had time to get the kids cereal. It was beautiful, and it was energy, and then throughout the day, even more. It, it turned out to be a wonderful way to experience these benefits that I was hearing from Joe and from Jordan right away. So I'm singing the praises right away, but then my son's birthday rolled around. May 29th and we go to jump time or sorry flying squirrel jump time is the Idaho version of that it's those indoor trampoline places and we went to flying squirrel 
And my wife ordered pizza, and she says, listen, it's a party, it's the weekend, take a break. You know, it's only been seven days, but for sure you need to give yourself a break. And even this is something that I, that I had decided I would probably do, at least for a little while until I fully commit, would be to have a five or six days of diet and then one cheat day just to reward myself. But these rewarding days are turning into torture days. And I'll explain that currently. Like currently, I'm going to catch you up to speed. I'd started with this diet with perfect intentions. My intentions were pure. Just get results. And I'd started to see those results. But then as soon as I went back onto the carb bandwagon, as soon as I fell off the wagon and had carbs again, man, my joint pain started to come back. And that's another thing. My joint pain started to go away. I have terrible, terrible joint pain. And, and I'm only 25. So understand me. When I say that I have terrible joint pain, I have a hard time uh, doing any kind of work on my knees, any kind of tile work, any type of uh, framing work that requires you to be in a bent over position for too long. I have a terrible time of it. Knee pads don't help me necessarily. Some of the gel ones will actually help me to a degree but it's still not the same. It's inflammation of the joints. I have lower back pain, which is inflammation of the joints, and then body aches. My neck is in a terrible position. I seek out chiropractic help, even though I know it won't help me uh, permanently. It's just a short to medium-term solution. It's not perfect. So, the first week on this diet, joint pain was almost gone. Almost gone. And this is, this is obviously, this is just, it just pertains to me and what I've noticed. And, and the reason why I noticed it is this is how it stood out to me. I have a hard time walking upstairs where I take every single step on the stairs and go slowly. If I jog up the stairs, no problem because it's just a quick one-two, kind of like an exercise, and it's fine. But if I slowly move up the stairs, putting all the body weight on one knee at a time over 15 steps, it just it inflames my joints for some reason. I did that and felt no inflammation. None. Walking up the stairs the first time, taking every single step slowly. And I did it. I, I walked up the first six steps as a test to see what happens. And then I intentionally got slower each step moving forward. And I still had no inflammation of the joints in the knees. It was beautiful. And then, like I said, I fell off the wagon instantly. Rough time falling asleep. It was terrible. I was tossing and turning. Woke up with neck pain. It was terrible. Lower back pain. And then the next day, just going down and up the stairs, I felt pain in my joints, even though I was skipping some steps. It's terrible. I think, I'm really thinking that the car, that we have a carb overload. At least myself, I'm having a carb overload in today's day and age where everything has just a massive amount of carbohydrates, which is fine for energy. It's fine but it's just a massive amount for my inflammation problems. And then a sugar overload, which does the same thing, because just today, my brother-in-law had a birthday party. And at this party, there was pizza, there was mashed potatoes, there was cake, there were all sorts of things that just go against every fiber of my being as to understanding what would happen if I had that, that food, all those carbs, all that sugar. And I still said, screw it. It's a weekend. It's been a few, it's been about six days since my last cheat day. And it's a 
it's a party, you know. You don't want to be that social pride that says, no, sorry, I can't eat any of this food that you made by your own hands. And my sister-in-law, okay, I have, I have a large family, and my wife has a large family. She comes from 14, a family of 14. I come from a family of, I believe, 16. I need to recount. I know I should have this number. And the reason why I say I need to recount is because there's been two deaths and a few miscarriages, and it's just, it's hard to keep track because my mom counts the miscarriages as children, and at that point, she's up to about 22, I think. So there's still, I still need to recount, but either way, we come from large fam- families, so if I say other brother-in-law, other sister-in-law, I can give you names and hopefully you can follow along, but it's it's pretty much impossible. I'll, I'll put a family photo at some point in the future of um, of the the family's sizes um, in the in the rolling chapters. But for now, just keep in mind, large families, so I'm going to say brother-in-law, sister-in-law, and and other one and it will just keep on going still one of my sister-in-laws man her and her family are just insane with their pastry making they're not russian they're polish but they speak russian and man i think they're polish they come from not poland where do they it's somewhere in that area it's somewhere in that area where they where they come from, um, and they spent some time in Poland. But either way, I think it starts with a B. No, it's not Belarus. It's somewhere else. It doesn't matter. They are insane with their pastry making. I mean, it is just amazing. They make some fat cakes. I mean, they're, they're, they're thick. They're not just big. They are thick and girthy and hefty, and their cakes are just made with, with natural fruits and just amazing. Sugar overload still. But it's just the most amazing cakes you ever had in your life. And they're just amazingly flavored. So being that social pariah to say, I'm sorry, I can't eat this wonderful mastery of a cake because I'm on a diet, because I can only eat meat. It's, it's a bit of an insult. I understand that people need to respect your diet. But then when they look at me and they say, you don't need to be on a diet, you're thin. They don't understand my purposes, that it's purely to see if it helps me medically with inflammation and and things of the nature that's still even another tougher argument to sell look it took me how long in this podcast to even get past my diet segment like come on still i indulged myself at the party and after eating the food that i ate i had two slices of pizza from domino's i had a this this cake was actually store-bought so i didn't feel so bad i'm just giving you the example of the sister-in-law but this cake, I had a slice of store-bought chocolate cake with uh, store-bought frosting, which is probably just shortening. Um, what else? Mashed potatoes. There was meat there, but it was overcooked, so it was very gamey. And then there's, what, some salad. After eating that, not even, and, and I'm watching myself fall into this feeling and I'll explain this to you so you get this this full picture of what I'm what's happening on this diet I'm feeling myself being just pulled into a laziness not a sleep but just a, a a desire to not move a single muscle at all I'm feeling it being pulled out of me if it was a sleep that I was wanting to have that'd be different if I wanted to be asleep but keep in mind, this was at about four o'clock, five, maybe, maybe, maybe six tops. I think it, we'll say six. This may have been six o'clock. 
that we had the party in eight. And I'm already just tuckered out because of this sugar overload that I had, which to be honest, wasn't much of an overload because I had one slice of cake and then the potatoes is just more carbs. And I had Fresca. I didn't even have soda. I had Fresca, which is just zero sugars. So it's just, just from that, I felt myself just being torn apart with, with my convictions of staying on this diet. My joints are inflamed currently. It's still just terrible. I knocked out. I went into the other room in this feeling of laziness and I knocked out. Woke up with joint pain in my knees, in my neck, didn't get good sleep while I was napping. It was just a terrible feeling. Like I was floored. Like when people see, say that they feel weighed down because they ate a burger, I was literally floored from that weight that they say they feel. And I believe it's because of the diet that I'm just trying to push my body into being all meat. And then my body tr says, okay, I'll give it a shot. And then I trick it by saying, sorry, sucker, it's the weekend. And then my body doesn't know what to do with it. And it's just this back and forth thing. Maybe I'll do my cheat day like once a month instead of every single weekend. But there's that. So to wrap up this portion of the segment on the dieting, I am 176 currently trying to go all meat. And I think I'll start attaching photos as well, progress photos. But I think I'll have it be where there is the initial photo of when I started it, which would just be today, which is two weeks into it, maybe two and a half weeks into it. So a little late to the game, but it would be a initial photo and then a comparative side-by-side -side photo moving forward. So it'll take a little bit of editing moving forward, but I think that's what I'm going to do. So next podcast, be ready to see the comparison photos and, and such rolling through the chapter art. So moving aside, I have two more segments to go through. So this will be a long one, this episode. But before we do that, let's get into the value for value segment and like we've said before in all of the previous episodes all of them the ones that actually had this segment we like new money this is a value for value podcast value for value i will read the manifesto when it comes out there is a small manifesto that's already being published on Adam Curry's website, so I might just read that to give a clearer definition of what value for value is, but what it, that is is I will make something that I believe has a value. When you receive that valued product, you determine what value you received out of it, and you return that to me. I've delivered you value, you deliver me value back, and that value that you deliver back is what you determine to hold value. I'm, I'm determining that this podcast has some sort of value to someone, and it is something that I value. If you value something to the same degree, donate that to the podcast, whatever it may be. If you think my audio sounds like garbage, and you have a better USB mic than a, US, than a uh, blue snowball ice, donate that to me. Reach out to me through my website. You can find a contact uh, link in there. Uh, or just send me a boost, and then we'll we'll talk together on the, the socials, and we'll figure out a way to get that microphone. If you think it's monetary, send in a boost. Simple enough. 
If you think you want to send in something that's in fiat, we'll find a way to make that work if I can get PayPal working. Somehow, some way, donate some value. Give me a segment to talk about. Give me some side information if you're doing the same diet, if you're doing something of the same nature. Let's exchange some value. Let's make this work out and make this world better by not doing everything for the love of money, which will be another segment that I'm dropping on this episode because I don't have a love of money segment set up, but I need to explain that. So let's round out this value for value segment. We're done. No new boosts. Not that I remember, actually. No, there is. There is. Let me let me pull that up. Just a moment. Yes, I found it. So, at the... Um, I think it was the end of one of these other uh, episodes. So, it was the last episode, the first full episode and first boostogram. That episode, uh, Ptar went ahead and sent me one more boost, and I'm going to read that right now, just because that is the, the boost segment. Uh, right here. I will maybe make a jingle for that as well. I got a lot of work to do on this, but um, that that boost that he sent in says, you nailed the pronunciation. It's basically an Eastern European version of Peter. Sorry if I came off like a douche. <laughs> again, <laughs> again, it's it's all about that read, man, that read. I think I'm, uh, <laughs> I think I'm screwing with people where I'm <laughs> like mispronouncing their names on purpose. I'm not. It's just, it's it's funny to think about it that way. Anyway, uh, yeah, that rounds out the value for value segment. Um, let's move forward. So, let me make a, a grouse. I'm going to have a grousing segment. I don't want to be a downer the whole episode. Um, so, my grouse will be uh, probably short, sweet, and to the point. But my grouse is based on what my niece had been doing. My niece loves Marvel, which is kind of strange. I always thought that comic book characters and stuff was a boy's thing, but there's a lot of female representation in Marvel things now and a lot of female empowerment, which is just fine, but they're doing it in a pretty lame way, I would say, where every female character seems to not desire anything from the male side, which doesn't it's not equal even male superheroes realize that there is a need for the female counterpart and in any movie when there is male representation of the male being the the superhero they realize that there is something of value on the female side as an example john wick the only reason why he went back into his actions and became the protagonist that we all love so much for being just a super cool assassin um, was because his dog and his wife. His wife had died, left him a dog, but his wife was the most important thing to him and left him a dog that he didn't really like to begin with, but it was the the gift from his wife. There is still an element of play as my wife was the most important thing to me, but every female character in any of these Marvel comics, uh, book or movies, seems to neglect everything that has to do with, with men and think that that it's proper to say men are useless and the women will take care of everything and clean up all the messes. I think that's disingenuous. I think that's an issue. But that's Claude having a rant in that regard. Either way, this is this is the rant I really wanted to start with. My niece loves Marvel. Specifically, the Scarlet Witch. She likes that character a lot. Well, 
I made a comment saying that, you know what would be great? What would be great is, would be, if Marvel decided to kill off every single character in the MCU. Make them all get gunned down, or just obliterated, or snapped away, and not that they would be, not that the movie would give them any chance of coming back, but just end it. End it already. And it was just, I mean, it wasn't even the best joke. It was just something that I thought would be, uh, would elicit a good response from her. And it did. Oh my goodness, she she got upset. And it was to a annoying and even disgusting degree at one point. Where it's like, who are you? Like, what kind of person are you? It's a movie. And I understand the ideals behind it. I understand the character love. I understand all of that. But it just, it got to a point where... And a thought just struck me where there's a, let me find the verse. Let me find the verse instead of just saying there is a verse. I'll find the verse while I'm talking. There's a verse in the Bible where it talks about women weeping, it says, weeping for a dying God. Where is it? I think I'm spelling it right, right here. No, no, no. Asterisk. There it is. Ezekiel. 8.14, it says, Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was towards the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Tammuz, 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 whatever you want to call it. This was a god, a false god of the Old Testament that people would worship. Tammuz, Tammuz, was the dying god. The dying god is the, the god that's... Um, when it comes to Christianity, there's a lot of uh, critics that will say that Jesus is just another version of the dying god. The god that is uh, co- consistently, perpetually in a state of dying that people will weep over. And if you look at any Catholic church, you'll see that as the example because Jesus is always on a cross dying. Now, I don't agree with that because the Bible doesn't put as much of an emphasis on the death as much as the resurrection. Now, obviously, the death is necessary for um, remission of sin. If you come at it from the uh, Protestant version of things, uh, and pretty much every version of things, but either way, death is necessary for the remission of sins on the cross and blood being shed because the life is in the blood and the blood gives life and there's plenty of verses that talk about Jesus' blood washing us and making us white as snow, uh, which sounds counterintuitive to secular people. But e- even then, if you find if you find a biblical or a um, uh, religious bone in your body, that makes sense to you. But all that aside, Jesus is not the dying God. Jesus is the resurrected God. The dying God is Tammuz, and the women were weeping for him. Now, us in today's day and age find it just marvelous just something you'll marvel at something just amazing that puts you in awe and in an awe that's that's condescending to think that egyptians mesopotamians people of the past would worship idols stone uh metal idols from the past that they would carve with their own hands we, we, we wonder, wow, how could they worship those? Who are they? What kind of primitive people would worship something they created with their own hands? Now, that comes down to your definition of worship. Now, 
the definition of worship that is the most consistent with the theme of the Bible is something that you give your your attention to, and not just attention in the sense that I'm focusing on you when you're speaking, but something that you allow to guide your, your principles in a day-to-day action. Now, that would translate to, in a current modern example, to the worship of your phone. Your phone is something that you, you worship. Anything that your phone says or, or, or buzzes at you, you're at its beckoning women call. Now, I'm not, I'm not in any boat or any position to say that I don't do the same thing when it comes to responding to notifications. I, I love getting the dopamine hit, and that's just my own problem. But that's, it's basically worshiping. And if you look at the composition of a phone, it is all just silica. It is all just stone that is put together. Yeah, it's running electricity. Yeah, it's whatever. It's, it's running apps. It doesn't matter. It's all stone. We created it with our own hands, and we're worshiping it. We think we're more intelligent because we have phones. And that's a fact. We think we're more intelligent in this current state of human evolution, current progression of humankind, because we have phones. Which is just gross and wrong. But we think, wow, how could they believe that they, they should be worshipping an idol and, and that it would get any sort of results? And here we are with fictional characters from comic books that are portrayed in a, in a pretty realistic way in, with CGI and in movies and with actors. But our kids are crying at the sight of, and I get it, the movies pull on your heartstrings. I'm not saying that it wasn't an emotional scene because it's portrayed that way. They want it to be that way. It's a, it's a media production. But here we are crying at the death of Iron Man who sacrifices himself in the same way that Jesus did. Uh, not the same way, but Jesus sacrificed himself to save humanity. Here's Iron Man doing the same thing. And we're crying for a false god. I think this is the same thing. It's the same thing. It's just repackaged. It's the same transgression, just repackaged. That's my gripe. That's my grouse. It's got a religious context to it. Take that however you want. That's it's my podcast. Deal with it if you don't like it. But there you go. That's That's my... That's my grouse there for the day. Last segment, I'm going to round this out. I'm getting tired. My voice is starting to just really take a hit. I probably won't even be able to speak tomorrow. This in the morning, I should say. But, last point. I learned about something. And this something is very interesting to me. But I could not find, and I'm pretty good at Googling. I'm not a Google dork or anything, and that's actually a thing. And I'll explain that later if I get interest in it, but I'm pretty good at, when I say Googling, I mean just using a search engine because I use DuckDuckGo currently because it's the most well-refined search engine that is mostly private. They're falling into hot water right and left for certain things that they're doing right now, but that's just when you're at, when you claim to be the most secure, you're asking for trouble. But anyway. I used it to search for this this thing I'm going to mention, and I couldn't find enough evidence for this argument or anything that would give me something to talk about necessarily. But what I wanted to say was Chad Chad Kroger, Chad Kroger from Nickelback. 
there is a meme, and if I can get the GIF of it going, and if your podcasting app supports GIFs, your modern one, then you'll see the meme right now. And if it's not a GIF, it'll just be a photo. You can see the photo of Chad Kroger holding up a graph, and the meme goes like this. Chad Kroger holds up the graph, and instead of saying, look at this photograph, he says, look at this graph. And that was a meme created because it sounds hilarious. But there is a dark history to that meme. Dark. The history is that with every release, the, the graph that was initially on the photo that was actually a high-definition photo that was made into a meme, the graph is a real-life graph that correlates the the pattern of release dates of albums of that, that, that Nickelback releases and correlates that to suicide rates jumping up. And the correlation, which is not causation, but the correlation and the statement made, the hypothesis that was, the hypothesis that was projected forth is that with every new album release of Nickelback, suicide rates go up because Nickelback sucks or because of some other reason. But that's something I couldn't find any any documentation, any uh, original, uh, what you call it, history behind that, any um, 8chan, 4chan document or, or anything that showed this to be the case. If anyone who's listening to this to the end, because this is the very end, it's a long episode, I understand you shouldn't have to listen to Claude talk for so long, there's only so much Claude that people can put up with, but if you listen to the end and you got to this point and you have any information on this or you know someone with information on this, please, please, I beg you, send me that information. I need it. Not because podcast enrichment, but for my own needs. I want to know if this is true or not. Not that that this is actually something that happened, that that there is a, a correlation and that it's the cause, but I just want to know that this graph is real and see this graph. It just sounds too good to be true. That is the end of the show, though. I'm done. Gotta go to bed. Maybe that's how I'll end it from now on because it's pretty much at night that I'm recording things. So, good night. I'll see y'all in the next one.